hey, you're in for a treat and we're going to do something we don't normally do to make it a little more fun. Our special guest today comes from Sydney, Australia. You're going to hear a real Australian accent. Now, his influence is way beyond Sydney. It has now become global, worldwide. He and his beautiful wife, Bobby, have been Cindy and my special friends over 30 years. He started in the suburbs of Sydney, Australia, with a small group of followers. And now that church has now become churches around the world. Hillsong has churches in 28 countries around the world. That is just flipping amazing, isn't it? Brian and Hillsong have had a major influence and impact on local churches around the world and on their worship and praise. You can't go anywhere you don't hear their music. Brian is an outstanding leader, impeccable character, much integrity, and a man of extraordinary generosity. And most of all, he's just a super guy, and I'm honored just to be his friend. His heart and his spirit for the local church and for people discovering purpose has always borne witness with me. So there was a divine connection. Summit family, give a great welcome to Pastor Brian Houston as he comes to the platform. (laughs) Come on, my brother. Thank you. <laughs> I am so, grab, grab a chair here. I am so honored to have you here. You're on the other side. I'm on this side. I get Jesus said, sit at my right hand. I get Whatever. One. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm good. Brian and I are going to do something a little different. I am going to be Larry King, and, and, and I, haven't, I haven't prepared, so I'm just kind of trusting the Lord here. Brian got hit with a little vertigo a moment ago, never had it ever, and I said, you sit down, and I'll... I'll be Larry King for a, for a little bit, and it might be kind of fun and a little interesting and certainly different, right? But it's fun either way, and it gives you a chance to really meet somebody up close and personal. So I like, I like the unexpected. Sometimes you get more out of that than what you had planned. But Brian, thank you so much for being with us and sharing. Uh, when I first met Brian over 30 years ago, I had no idea, A, it would be a divine connection, B, it would impact my life and result in Summit Christian Center. I had no idea. But when I went there, I was blown away by the music and worship because I had never been exposed to that in my denominational background. It was quite boring, quite, quite, I don't know. It just didn't have zeal, life, or passion, but they did. And I said, my gosh, we're going to change. And I loved the informality. It wasn't rigid and legalistic, but it was well-organized and excellent. And then uh, just his friendship shaped me to make changes. You know, only a few people will do that in your life where it significantly changed you. And I brought those ideas I got back home, and we are the result of my friend's impact on my life. And I'm so honored. It's actually, it's actually mutual because uh, he's had a big impact on my life as well. He uh, shamed me into dressing better. He, uh, <laughs> he looked at my swatch watch one day and went, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and so uh, we are, we've been close friends for a long, long time. 
and I'm grateful for. And we've watched our kids grow up, right? From little 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 ones. One hundred percent. Okay, so Brian, over twenty-eight, uh, and I may not even have the latest numbers in twenty-eight different countries, churches all over the place. Uh, I don't know how you keep your sanity, but did you, when you started, because I knew you in the early days, yes, did, did you, you had a rented building, remember? I remember you took me in the green room, which was a closet, <laughs> and it had two stools and a coffee pot sitting there. That was the, that was the green room before you go out to speak. And I love those early days, but did you have a clue that it would be global and that you would be a global pastor of something that started with just a few people in a suburb of Sydney, Australia. I, I just wonder if it ever crossed your mind. That, that green room in that rented building actually was green. It and so actually, you know, generally, that's called the, the space where uh, you can rest or get ready for a service. They just call it a green room, but this one was green. Uh, answering that question, the answer is I could never have imagined. I was always a very, uh, I think, ambitious, this is the wrong person, but determined person. Like I always wanted to stand up and do something with my life. But when we started our church, I felt like I was a big thinker and full of expectation and dreams that I could never have imagined. Talk about God doing exceedingly abundant and above more than we could ever ask or think. I mean, that's our lives. I feel like the biggest overachiever Mm. in the universe. Well, you're you're a great example of what life is supposed to be. Like, there's no finish line to growth until the day you take your last breath. And what I admire about Brian so much is that the moment he learns a truth, the moment he sees a better idea, the moment there's a better way to impact people with purpose, he seizes it. And he's continued to evolve in all these 30 plus years that I've known him. And I thought that's a a lot of leaders in religion, particularly politics, God help us, but also in the ministry, they don't change. They don't, they don't learn, they don't grow, they don't change, but you have been a, a growth vehicle for people to, to grow beyond their limitations where they happen to be into what they could be, which is purpose. And you love helping people discover purpose. I know it's a big part of your life. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, all of us were created for purpose. One of my favorite verses is, uh, you know, we were saved and called according to God's purpose and grace. So in that one verse, uh, it, it, is, it tells us we're saved, we're called, we're purposed, we're grace. So sandwiched between our salvation and uh, God's grace, our calling and purpose. And I don't think anyone's just saved for heaven. Thank God we've got an eternity in front of us, but we're saved for, for earth as well, to fulfill a calling. If you're a business person uh, and you see it as a calling, it'll always be about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I really love to encourage people to realize their life is a purpose so much bigger than themselves. Well, you said something that triggered me. I always wanted to do something with my life. Yeah. So I'm on a military base and a military family, not a good home, not a very good Christian home at all. And I don't know if some of the older folks remember cereal, boxes of cereal, and you had you had uh, you, you'd have a hero, a Superman, or you'd have <laughs> Captain Marvel, or you would have something on that that box and on cartoons. And I remember I'd put a towel around my neck with a safety pin, and I'd get on my bike and I would pretend I had <laughs> I was the caped crusader, and I was going to rescue the damsel from the dragon. I was going <laughs> to slay the dragon and rescue her. I thought all my life. Now, I didn't know I had a chance to do anything, really, but I wanted to. And I thought, 
I told our staff a few months ago, dream big. Be ambitious with your life. Yeah. Uh, don't live a limited life based on if mom and dad did, if your culture, if your race, if your religious background was small and limited. Don't let that stop you. Go for the stars. If whatever you're dreaming, dream bigger. And I quote Paul's letter to the Ephesians, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. So I, I, I want to encourage children, young people, ask big, dream big. God's Amen. not intimidated, right, by the size Amen. of your request. <laughs> and you're a big thinker. Uh, I don't know about here in the U.S. I love the USA, but um, in Australia, there's a thinking, especially in academics like universities, uh, that certain people live in certain suburbs are aspirationals. But they see aspirationals as a negative, not a positive. Oh. And I'm, yeah, for some reason. In other words, don't, don't ask too big. Yeah, so, uh, so the mentality is that these are people who are just, uh -huh. you know, out there wanting to aspire, wanting to be. And it's a put down. It's the stranger thing. And I say to our young people, be aspirational, aspire. Uh, don't underestimate what God can do. Again, I feel like our lives, your life, uh, is examples. Yeah. of what God can do. You've spoken all around the world uh, multiple times, yeah. and it's, uh, it's amazing to see. I had no what idea God what God do. could do, yeah. and I bet you didn't. I mean, I, yeah. we would say theologically God can do anything, but yeah. really we didn't think that he would do no. something uh, exceptional. I, I, I could never have imagined that God could do what he has done in and through our church in Australia, let alone the rest of the world. One time Rick, uh, sorry, Ray, Ray McCauley, who's a close friend of both of us from South Africa. I was walking with him in George Street, it's the main street of Sydney in Australia, and he stops. He looks at me and says, you'll have 10,000 people in this city one day. You wait and see, 10,000. And the truth is I wanted to be able to see that, but I couldn't see it. Whereas pre-COVID, we had an attendance over the weekend in Australia of 47,000. And so that's the exceeding abundant and above that you could just never imagine. So no matter what you're called to, uh, and it could look very different, uh, I've learned never underestimate God. And you know, I think the tragic thing, Rick, is I like that one person out there. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the tragic thing, I remember one time seeing Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister of England, basically encouraging young people the same, to dream big. And around the same time, uh, Marge Simpson, Bart's mother, uh, was telling him, you know, don't, don't expect too much uh, because you'll end up disappointed. And, you know, there's a lot of parents who actually literally put that kind of thinking in their children. Uh, don't hope for too much because life, life will beat you up. Life will be disappointing. Uh, so I just, they put, their, they put their, their failure, try to impose it on the child. And their, their limitation. Limits, yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, don't dream too big. Don't, or... Who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than us? Yeah. No, mom, but I want to be. <laughs> you know, I do want to be better. Yeah, I do. I don't think I'm better, but I want to be better. Yeah, I want a better family, a better home, a better marriage. I, I want a better impact. And if you're doing the same old, same old, that is not going to happen. There's no pixie dust to drop on you. You have to make some sacrifices, some choices. And as you preach 
focus and purpose. I gotta, I gotta know what I want and go after it. And be willing not to get sidetracked. You preached in the earlier service. Uh, actually, he preached, if you get the uh, CD or watch the podcast, about the, the current situation in our country and his country and around the world. There were a lot of things that happened and one of them was unity, uh, a breach of unity and how God commands blessing, commands it. Uh, on people that can be in unity. And Brian and I were talking about, I don't want a church that gets involved in breaking good relationships over pro-vaccine, no vaccine. Uh, Follow your conscience and your heart on a non-biblical issue, but, but, and, and I want you to have liberty to be, to follow your conscience on something like that. But for God's sake, I listen to social media and it gets to hate and I'll prove my point, you prove your point, nobody changes. It's a waste of time. Just follow your conscience, shut up, and let's, let's have fun, love Jesus. You know, I don't care. I, but you, you mentioned unity a little bit in, in your service and about how God rewards or, or promises to bless. Uh, and I don't think the blessing is only on, like if it's a unified church, no doubt the church will be blessed, momentum will come. Uh, the scripture says it's a pleasant place where there's unity. It's good and pleasant. So there'll be pleasantness and it'll be a pleasure to be wherever there's unity. But I don't think the blessing only comes on what we're unified around. In other words, the church. I think the blessing also goes to those who contribute to unity, who are intentional about it, who realize they can be part of the answer uh, because your own life's going to be blessed. Where there's where there's a marriage that's just ununified, disunified, uh, there's tension. It's not, the, the air is thick, it's not, it's not nice. But how awesome when you, you're together and you're unified, and how good and how pleasant is that? And that's where the blessing comes as well. Excellent. And you talked, you talked a little bit also, don't allow disruption, don't allow the current circumstances you may be facing to cloud or distract your focus. Yeah. That, that was a big point I thought you did exceptionally well about what, what, what we focus on is where, when I was learning to drive as a teenager, I remember the, the, the trainer said to me, my grandfather said, Ricky, don't look at the headlights of an oncoming car or you'll drive right into it. Focus peripheral, the side of the road, and you won't be drawn in because you're drawn to what exactly. you focus on, right? Yeah. Did I get that right? You, well, you, you did. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever, anyone who's ever skied, if there's a tree, the worst thing you can do is look at the tree. Yeah, you got to look at where you want to go. We're talking snow skiing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're heading straight into that tree. So, uh, but in life, uh, one of the scriptures I used it, it speaks about the fact that God gave Judah, uh, God uh, put His hand on Judah, Judah the people, for singleness of heart. He gave them singleness of heart, and it was a gift from God. Uh, and, you know, single-spirited, single-heartedness, single-mind focus uh, gets a tremendous lot amount done. But there are so many distractions. And today, especially, you talked about, you know, pro-vaccinators being anti, angry with anti-vaccinators, anti-vaccinators, you know, angry over here, politics, people angry, all the division around the world, people angry. And it can all be distraction. Uh, but Joshua, he was told, he was told, you know, don't be turning to the left or to the right. He says, and you, and, and the word says, and you'll be very successful. So I think one of the greatest gifts you can have in life is know who you are, what you're about, where you're going, and be single-hearted and determined. I told, I told the last service. <laughs> 
I'm not very good at many things. And I'm actually not. Like, I'm terrible at sport. I love sport, but I'm terrible at sport. I'm pathetic with technology. I'm not good at many things, but... You're not a good singer either. I'm better than you, but... (laughs) Well, that's a low bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I only have to be good at one thing. And that's what God has called me to do, which is to lead and to grow a church and build the church. Exceptionally well. And so that's what I mean by focus, just that single eye. Let your eye be single. Know where you're going in life. Wow, I like that. And I I was telling the staff, whether we get a new plague, whether we get a, 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 a new administration, whether we get a new city government, whatever, whether dinosaurs are released back on the earth, (laughs) <laughs> Nothing changes for me. I, I, I pray, I study, I prepare. I'm going to bring good news. I want to see people come into the kingdom. I want to see homes and marriages restored. I want young adults to have hope and life. That is not going to change no matter what goes on in this crazy world, right? Okay. That's single-minded focus. Exactly. I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to line up and get it done till my last breath. And it keeps us going. I, uh, I, I think that was a, And you, you mentioned zeal. Uh, passion. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand drones. Uh, if somebody's going to speak, put some spit in it. Put some <laughs> fire in your belly. Somebody light a match. Don't you like to be around somebody that's got a little zeal or fire? And, I, yeah. and you quoted Jesus, the zeal yeah. of my father's house? Yeah. Right? David said he was eaten up by zeal, consumed him. So I love being around zealous people. And I always want to be zealous. Uh, It's very easy in life. Life itself can beat you up and you can grow weary. Uh, I don't think you wake up weary. You wake up tired sometimes, but you know, you just grow weary. And some people said in life, they just grow weary and they lose all that fire and all that passion and all that zeal and then can become cynical and negative. I just never want to be that. I want to be the happy old preacher who's encouraging the next generation. I want to build a life where my ceiling and our ceiling is another generation's floor. And so, yeah, I want to be... I I hope you young adults caught that that in your home or whatever, whatever, wherever we finish, that's that's our ceiling. But that's where you start. That's where you take the baton. And that's your floor. And keep going higher, more effective, smarter, better technology, wisdom, right? Because I've learned from others before me, and I'm sure you have as well. (laughs) And then iron sharpens iron, deep calls to deep, and of course, stupid calls to stupid. So you want to make sure you hang around wise people. That won't be a big crowd. Yeah. But you better pick that crowd. And sometimes some of my cheerleaders have been from another nation, another race, another political party. You don't know who God's gone. God used a jackass to speak to a prophet. And God can use people you don't like to speak to you a word, right? Right. Not for your life, a whole life, but God can speak through many, many things. He's not limited. So, so pay, pay attention to that. I, I thought you brought out some, some, some excellent remarks about that. How about this one, Brian? How about uh, uh, you have one of the most generous churches on planet Earth. Uh, I remember even in your small beginnings, generous. But I like the way you explained it. When I say generous in America, everybody thinks money. Well, money's included. 
But it's also what you said about your 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 gracious with your time, your, your talent, right? You want to yeah. add to that? Yeah. Well, generous is a way of thinking, a way of seeing, and a way of living. Uh, and so the generous eye will be blessed. I think a generous eye will see opportunities to be generous everywhere. But to me, generosity, yes, it is what we do uh, with our finances, but it's the way we speak, speaking words of life to people. It's the way we think. It's like only thinking the best of people, not expecting the worst of people. So generosity, uh, I, I literally think that it's, it's more than action, it's a stance. Uh, what's that scripture in Isaiah? It says um, the generous man will do generous, generous things, yeah. and uh, in his generosity he will stand. Yeah. And that's the thing. So generosity is a way of living. It's a stance. And life gets bigger. You and, and, and the world of the generous gets larger and larger. God and delights. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. So I think if someone is um, stingy on the outside, like in their words, in their, in what, what we do with our time, if you're stingy on the outside, uh, things are not good on the inside. Because when you've got a generous soul, again, Scripture says the generous soul will be blessed. And so generosity, it's an issue of the soul. And when generosity in our soul uh, is in our soul, well, our world's just going to get bigger. Uh, some people shrink their world because they're just not generous. They're not generous with their words. They don't encourage, they don't bring life to people. Some people aren't even generous with their children in terms of their words. Yeah. And so, but if the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. When my grandchildren come to my house, I say, welcome to the house of yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like <laughs> granddaddy will do anything for you. I believe in you. I love you. And uh, I, I think God said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, that was assumed if you're a good daddy, how much more will the father give to those who love him? We have a generous God. He's not stingy. And uh, you, you have to be taught generosity, and you have to model it. If we get a special offering, and Cindy says, what did the Lord tell you? And I say, well, this amount, what did he tell you? We'll go with the higher amount just to kick the devil in the teeth so we don't, so we don't, we, we trust God and we're not going to be stingy. Always err on the side of generosity if you have to. And it's not based on how much you have. It's an attitude of heart and spirit, isn't it? Yeah. To be a generous person. Yeah, you can have this. Yeah, you can borrow that. Yeah. just And generous with encouragement and hope. Yeah. Because in the same time Ray told you that, you probably don't know it, with Brian Houston was the first religious group to take over the opera house and run three consecutive services. Yeah. And I was honored and privileged to be one of those services and I remember looking out, we were in a little rented building, and I remember looking on the stage, and it was daunting to me at the time. My gosh, this is awesome. And Ray walked up behind me, put his hand on He said, one day, Ricky boy, you'll preach to that many people. Same thing. And I thought, he'll never know what a B-12 shot that was. <laughs> and we all need that encouragement. In fact, every weekend we try to do that, to encourage you to live bigger, to dream bigger to risk a little bigger. Don't conform to this current culture and world. Transform, go Amen. over the mold, you know? And everybody won't like you. Well, hello, Merry Christmas. 
Nope, everybody ain't going to like you unless you sell ice cream. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> so you got to have a little bit of rhinoceros hide because it might be your family, it might be your culture, it might be your political party, and we're so afraid of rejection because we don't have enough self-worth that God's for us that we cow down and let them patronize us. And I refuse to do it. I will not do it. I don't care if you're white, black, or Hispanic. If it's right, it's right. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. Period. I don't, I'm not going to take your brand and then have to endorse everything you say, even if it's stupid or wrong. So I, getting people to think for themselves. Don't let peer pressure push you into what you're not. But let God mold you into what he wants you to be. And I don't think, Brian, he's got small plans for anybody. You just never know what this incredible God's going to do. I put a picture up of my old rock and roll band the other day. I found, just found. And I looked at that kid, 18 years old, and I thought in college, and I thought, he had no idea what the future would hold for his life. Yeah. That was me. I had no clue. And nobody ever said, hey, son, you're going to be a world changer. You're going to make a difference. And I was telling our staff, nobody in my school growing up, nobody in my family, nobody in my church ever told us, dream big. Be ambitious with your life. Go for it. What if it doesn't work out? Well, you grew by going for it. You tried. You're, gonna, you're still going to get bigger than you were for trying. Exactly. Though the righteous man falls seven times, the Lord will uphold him. Just get back up jump on another horse, but don't just lay down. But as you said, be, you used a different word, but, but be <laughs> ambitious with your life. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Don't settle for mediocrity or what is will always be because in every crisis, and I don't care who you are, how good you are, you're going to have some trouble. We have an enemy and I've stood on every attack. Philippians 1, 6, that which I've begun in you, yeah. I will perform it. To the day of Jesus Christ. If he has to open the womb of a 90-year-old woman and make excite a 100-year-old man, <laughs> open the Red Sea, feed you with a raven, he will do anything it takes to order to fulfill what he's purposed in your life. And no devil can stop it. He can attack. He can delay. He can't stop it. And I, I, I've encouraged myself with that many, many times. Yeah. And that you've just got to say, of all the things I'm not, is a quitter. I'm not quitting. I just believe God's my rear guard, the lifter of my head, and that if he started it, I don't know how, Lord, you'll finish it. And it gives me peace, uh, peace of mind, peace of spirit. Uh, I don't know how you keep up with 28 churches. <laughs> You're actually, only 16, right? I mean, <laughs> we're, actually, we're actually in over 30 countries now. Whoa. But, but um, yeah, and we've got 116, I think 116 churches. It's amazing. But we, all, but we only see it as uh, not 116 churches, but one house, many rooms. So my wife coined that phrase, one house, many rooms. So we see yeah. it as a single church That's carrying cool. out the same vision in multiple different places. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, these are, these are interesting days in our nation, in our, our state, in our lives. And uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you talked yeah. about joy yeah. in our first service as well. You, yeah. Do you remember what you said? I said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> no. Don't let somebody steal your joy. You talked about yeah. the difference in happiness 
Uh, agile, yeah, yeah. Happiness can depend on what is happening. Yeah. So our happiness can rise on fall according yeah. to whatever's happening. Could be a sucky happening. day or a sucky yeah. deal. But joy is much deeper. I think joy, you know, if I tried to identify how I see joy, I would see it as it's got peace. This is peace. And peace, if it's a noun, the verb is, is prosperity. Uh, so I see it, I see joy as like a deep certainty and knowing that God's in control. And so that means there is an ease, there's a peace. I think joy is uh, this sense that this thing that almost doesn't make sense because you feel, you feel good, you feel okay, even when everything out there is not okay. You if, if, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna talk about the one thing that I did talk about that I think is really good for people to hear. And that is, like, we've talked about joy, we've talked about generosity. And the Macedonian church was a church who were living in deep crisis. They had their own GS, you know, global financial uh, crisis. I mean, they were in deep, deep poverty. But the scripture talks about those people and says that during a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy mixed with their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. So even amongst deep poverty and great affliction, they had joy and generosity. Those two always belong together. Joy feeds generosity and generosity feeds joy. And so you won't find a stingy person who's joyful and you won't find a... <laughs> so good, yeah. yeah, that's very good. And so the first two things that disappear when someone's heart's not in the right place, someone in the church whose heart's not in the, in the right place, maybe someone who they're still there physically, but they're not really there anymore. And the first two things to disappear will be your joy and your generosity. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, the joy is gone. And any generosity, any encouragement, any words of, uh, that were generous have gone, obviously even maybe financially. They're always the first two things to disappear. And that's why the devil, he knows the power of undermining, steal, kill, or destroy joy and generosity because clearly uh, it, it just shrivels people's life. Yeah. I don't think the devil ever has a good thought towards anybody. He never says, well, Sarah, you've suffered enough. I'm going to let up a little bit. No. <laughs> if you're breathing, he wants to kill you. Mm -hmm. He wants to kill your marriage, your joy, your hope, your vision, your dream, and step on it and stomp the life out of it. And that's where you have to resist the enemy. So for, for me... Uh, when it says, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, that really sounds like James is smoking dope, doesn't it? I mean, like, what are you talking? Come, come here. I mean, count it all joy. Well, it's because of what he knows, that he, God is my, is my lifter of my head. I have eternal life. He's for me, not against me. He will never leave me, never forsake me. And that which he's begun in me, he will perform it. Uh, anything that happens to me is not good, but he says he will work it for my good and for his glory. So I've got a lot of deposits in the bank to give me joy no matter what life throws at me and how glib and gloomy it looks. I have hope. I have hope that his word is eternal, irrevocable, and no demon, no, no diagnosis from a doctor can change that. I don't know how it's going to end. It's going to end for my good and God's glory. So I am not going to sweat it. I, I, and I'm not a burden bearer. I hear people say, I'm a burden bearer. Well, God bless you. Go, go ahead. But the Bible says, cast all you care on him because he cares for you. So if it's, my, if I, if it's something I can control, I do. 
If it's something I can't control, I cast it on the Lord and said, you got this, Lord. You move on. So I, I, I see people all the time with sadness and no joy. And I think, is it because you have no hope? Don't you have a hope bigger than this circumstance that God can turn it around? I mean, God can turn it around in a day. You can go from the pit to the palace in one day, one shower, one change of clothes, and Joseph is prime minister. That's how fast God can reverse something. And he's a God of restoration. You don't get back what you lost, you get back more than you lost. Sevenfold. I'm telling you, you want to be too expensive for the devil to steal from. You're not stealing my future or my destiny. No man can take that from you. You can surrender it, but nobody can take it from you. So press on, endure, and pay the price. And hang out with people who are a little ahead of you who can encourage you. It's going to be okay. It's going to, I'm with you in this thing. When, uh, when your pastor has preached for us, which he has done multiple times in Australia, but all around the world, in England, etc. But I've got, a little, uh, I've got a little trick up my sleeve. I like to get him angry right before he starts. So I'll, I'll talk to him about maybe something or someone who was religious or someone who's just legalistic and he'll get fired up and he always preaches his best when he's angry. And so, so you ought to be blessed because when he starts telling it like it really is, that's when I think it's vintage Rick Goldman. <laughs> when Jesus said, be angry, but don't sin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, so, I think there'll be a bit of sin in it, but still. <laughs> okay. I, I, um, I, I, I just marvel at the Brian Houston I met over 30 years ago and where you are today. And I told two, two friends who were asking about you. I said, in 30 years, the moment I see Brian, we pick it right up where we left off as though we hadn't been apart for, for 10 minutes or one day. Right. And I said, he, he was just like he is when he didn't have anything. When he had a little old yellow car, a god-awful puke yellow car he had. I never will forget that. I thought, I would, be, I would have to have a grudge against my own soul to drive that car and be seen in it. But I remember that. And I remember his small beginnings, but I never saw him unhappy. I never saw him uh, lacking in faith. He never once did I ever hear him complain about anything. And he was always passionate about exciting the people that Jesus loves you, has a better plan for your life. You can trust him with your future, and he can make something out of nothing. And I said, to this day, as a man 67 years old, he hadn't changed. Hadn't changed a bit. He was generous with a little. He's generous with a lot. He was an encourager when he had nothing. He's an encourager now. And in his country, you have to know this, they're very small-minded. They're great people, by the way. But the church came from the Church of England, very small-minded, very legalistic, and very non-ambitious uh, to, to, to make a difference. So he, he basically upset Australia and changed he, he moved the bar, the goalpost, that, that now young men building churches and women now realize, hey, we can do this. We can go this high, because he already did. So I know it's possible, and it's up the vision of the country. And you can imagine, everybody doesn't love Brian. Well, goody, goody, goody. Everybody won't love you if you bring change and you shake status quo. But he's shaken the status quo, and he's done it much nicer than me. 
uh, I would. He's been very gracious, soft-spoken, and uh, I don't know how he does it because I want to. I want to give it to you. I, 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 in Jesus' name, of course. Of course. And, of course. Uh, Brian, would you uh, last thoughts from you, and then close as you did in the other service to to pray for people or to have people make a commitment somehow. You know, yeah, yeah. why don't you do that now? We've got about two minutes and a half left. All right. Well, firstly, I think everyone understands we're living in like a season like is unprecedented in any of our lifetimes. And so that affects so many people in different ways. And I think the, the devil is a robber. Uh, my message was called Robbing the Robber because he comes to steal, kill, and yeah. destroy. Jesus came to have life. Yeah. And some of the things that the devil will try and rob are the very things we've been talking about. Our commitment to unity, joy, generosity, zeal, and passion. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.